So this is a brand new series called Bullies in My Brain. We are um, going into a month that I uh, I wasn't aware of until this year. I knew about I kind of knew about it last year, but I didn't really take the t- I wish I would have taken the time to really look at it. But this month is uh, Suicide Awareness Month, and I think this week, this whole week is Suicide Prevention Week. Um, so suicide is a heavy topic. It's always been a heavy topic. Because a lot of people feel like they can't tackle this topic ever. Like I feel like I feel like there's a mandate on a September month where a, either a youth pastor or some type of young leader needs to discuss this. Because I've read some statistics that I think is going to shock a lot of people. But it made sense to me because of the state that our our world is in, and especially where our, all of you and our teenagers are actually in. There was a statistic where um, it's not it's not the full sco- scope of the world, but like. In the U.S. alone, about 50,000 people took their own life. 50,000 people. Let me scratch that. 50, it was 50,000 attempted suicides. 40,000 actually went, to, went through. So that means only 10%, that 10,000 was either a was either a, an attempted and survived or an attempt failed. And it's a scary statistic. There was another statistic that in the U.S., ele- the suicide is the 11th cause of death in America. There's thousands of causes. There's a whole list. I looked at the list. There's at least 1,000 to 2,000 causes of how death can come. And suicide is the 11th. And here's an even scarier idea. 57% of that, that half of 50,000, we're between the age of 16 and 32. That is young. That's not older people. That's younger people. That's some of you in this room are 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And I consider that an issue because we don't, because nobody, a lot of the times people in the church don't talk about that. People in the church don't feel like they can tackle this topic, but I am the man for the challenge. Jacob Bakey's coming in with a challenge. And I really think that the more you talk about it, the more you become aware of it, because now it's an awareness month, but it should be an awareness all the time. Depression, fear, anxiety, suicide, it's all in, in a, I, I want to say this too, because I, I researched this as well. Suicide is not the issue. The symptoms behind it are the issue. The things that lead up to people's suicides is the issue. So to those in this room who have either have, have had thoughts, maybe even attempted one time or even um, tried and survived, I want you to know that the Lord still loves you, number one. The Lord still cares about you. Number two, you have a life to live. The, the Bible said, Jacob said in the Bible, he said, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord as I live. And the Bible also says you will live and not die. So I want, I want to say that I'm, that, that I'm proud and ultimately the Lord is proud that you have overcome that. But it's still a struggle for a lot of people. It's still a struggle for a lot of people. So I believe this series, we're going to tackle that, especially in the context of anxiety. Anxiety, suicide is, is a root from situations. There's multiple topics. One of them can be situational. One of them can be relational. 
Some of them can be mental. Some of them can be even borderline demonic. There are multiple ways and reasons why people commit suicide every single year. And we're going to tackle that for the next couple of weeks because I think it's very, very important. I've tackled the topic in like a short part of some of my messages in the past, but I think this has to be a series so that we can tackle it because you might know someone, maybe nobody has struggled with in this room, but you might know someone who is dealing with this and you have the opportunity to speak into their life and encourage their life because you have Jesus. So... For the next three weeks, we're going to talk about it because some of us, because some people are desperate for a solution to anxiety. And some of us have, some of us are someone that we know has been beaten down by anxious thoughts and beliefs about our life. Our culture attempts to offer solutions, but we are still looking for answers. Anxiety is a strong opposing force, but God has called us to overcome. And I believe this series will biblically approach the bullies that cause anxiety, fear, and depression in our lives, how to stand up to them, and how to walk in the confidence of God's call on our life. So for week one, we're going to talk about relational bullies. Relational bullies. Everyone in here has something they dislike about themselves, whether it's a slight insecurity or an enormous fear, we've all have struggled with a negative belief that resulted in anxiety and in pain. These negative beliefs can often come from relationships in our lives. I'm talking about close encountered friendships and family members. This is going to be a tight one because some of your bullies are relationships. A lot of the times, I've also read this part as well, most of those suicidal things happen from horrible relationships. I'm not just talking about a breakup. I'm not just talking about they, like it was horrible, toxic relationships that caused those end goals. And let me tell you something right now. It is not in response, because I have met people that have felt very, very shameful and very guilty, like, was I the cause? And to be honest, I would say no. You might have had some part in it, but you can't carry shame like that. Jesus is even willing to redeem that toxic person. So if you've ever been that person, there's grace in that. But in a toxic relationship, even in our own regular life, maybe you're not suicidal about your toxic relationships, but you're in dysfunctional relationships that are causing your purpose, the purpose of God in your life to drift you off and to not keep you in a place. I had to learn a lot of that the hard way in my life when it came to some of my closest friends. I couldn't tell you how many boundaries I've had to put on certain friends that I've had personal conversations with asking, hey, you cannot cross this line. And they would still cross it anyways. And that's where the a bigger boundary comes in. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. We don't put boundaries on relationships. We don't put parameters around something that needs to be safe. You understand? You need to have a safe perimeter because when there's not a safe perimeter, anything can come in, any thought, any relationship, any type of toxic thing or dysfunctional thing can walk into your life without you knowing because you're path. Because when you don't have a gate around that, around your heart, you're just passively allowing people through the gate. 
You're allowing people through your relational gate. And that's what causes relational bullies. Because you are just allowing and allowing and allowing and not really. Listen to me. This doesn't mean you don't love people. You're supposed to love people. Jesus calls us to love people. But he does not call us to tolerate that. He does not call us to tolerate those behaviors in our own life. Because the moment that you say, I, I'm doing it because I love them, becomes the greatest dysfunctional lie you will ever tell yourself. Is, I let them because I love them. I let them because I care about them. Caring about them is not allowing them to torture your life. That's not what it's about. Allowing someone to abuse your life in a way, whether it's emotionally, maybe even physically, I don't know. You allowing that does not mean you love them. It means that they, you don't have a gate. You don't have a gate. And you have every power and authority under the influence of the Holy Spirit to combat those things and those boundaries. Because the question is, have you ever, has anyone close to you ever hurt you? Maybe it was caused, maybe it caused a wound that resulted in an anxious belief about who you are as a person. Maybe it was words spoken over you. Maybe it was things that people have said about you that have marked you on the inside and now you can't live out your full true purpose. Let me tell you something right now. I've met a lot of people that have stopped at a blocking point because of what someone said. There have been multiple people that did not complete the purpose of God in their life because they believed what Jimmy said. They believed what Amanda said. They believed what he said and she said, and it struck them to the core, and they took that lie and they ran with it. Y'all, as believers, we're not supposed to tolerate those lies. We can't tolerate those, those beliefs. And let me tell you something. I understand because it's hard. It's hard when someone you trust, love, and is close with hits you like that or gets to you like that or pushes you like that. It's hard. But by this influence of the Holy Spirit, by the power, the healing power of Jesus, we can overcome this. I believe Scripture has a word for us to encourage the confidence in who God has made us and called us to be. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Or is it timidity? Did I say that right? I always say words wrong. Homeschool moment. I always say words wrong. Timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Let me make something very, very clear, and it's very, very simple, and you probably heard it a ton of times. Fear, anxiety, and timidity do not come from God. They do not come from God. So I want to tell you something right now. Stop making it normal. Your fear that you are indulging in is not of the Lord. It's not of the Lord. The timidity and all of that that's coming from the enemy does not come from God. We have gotten to a point in our culture where we have said, it's okay to struggle with that. It's okay. Yeah, for a time. But why is it lasting you three seasons? Why is it lasting you longer than it's supposed to? Something is going on where you're not being able to grow. There's an issue there. There's a growing issue. As a believer, you're constantly growing. 
You're constantly growing. And trust me, there's people who grow fast. There's people who grow slow. But I need you to know something. You walking in the obedience of Jesus and walking through that healing process, change is destined to happen. Change is destined to happen in your life when you walk through the healing process of the Lord. I want to read you 1 Samuel 17. I want to give you an example of what it talks about walking in confidence, even from a toxic person that is close to you. I want to read this from verse 21. The context of this story is that it's the story of David and Goliath. Everybody wants to talk about the story of David and Goliath, but nobody wants to talk about the story of David and Eliab. Eliab was David's older brother. And he says something very specific in the passage that I think a lot of us miss because the David and Goliath story, it's a big story. It's always talked about, but I think it's, it's something significant. So verse 21, soon as the Israelites and the Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army, David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. David was taking care of the sheep. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give one uh, he will give that man one of his daughters for a wife and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby, "What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God?" David was so focused on the confidence of the Lord that he saw Goliath as an ant. He didn't see Goliath as this humongous giant that's going to kill him. He saw the Lord's battle won already. So he had a confidence he had a confidence in him that only came from the Spirit of God. And the same reply, verse 27, the same reply, they said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But this is the significant one, starting in verse 28. When, but when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you were supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. So Eli is basically gaslighting David, saying, oh, you're just coming just to watch the battle. You don't really care about this. You're supposed to be taking care of the sheep. And he got mad at David. But he didn't just get mad at David. He got mad at the confidence David had. David didn't just have any regular confidence. He was one of the shortest siblings in the group. And he had more confidence than any of his taller, all of the tallest warriors. He had so much confidence that he was able to denounce and renounce Goliath's taunt to Israel. And Eliah was, was mad. Verse 29, what have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. This passage of scripture, like I said, gets overlooked because it's in the placement of the story of David and Goliath. But the specific section is verse 28 to 31. This is when Eliab goes to manipulate and trash talk 
David for thinking something that he really wasn't doing. Because we all see what David said. David was more about winning the war instead of just watching the fight and being a little twerp. He was really wanting to see the Lord victorious and Eliab swooped in. This is someone who's close. This is his brother. This is not just some random guy that walked up to him. This was his brother. So he had every... When it comes to close people, sometimes we don't know how to react. Sometimes we don't know how to respond to those people. But this is what David did. This is what David did. I believe this is going to encourage some of you because you have been afraid to confront that close person. But David told his older Elab in verses 20 through 31, because Elab, out of potential frustration towards David's anointing, because David had an anointing on his life, he was called to be king, or potential fear of the giant Goliath, he intentionally attacks and gaslights David's character by accusing him of pride and deceit. Many of us can relate to this moment because harsh words from family members may have wounded you. You might relate to that. Maybe you've responded as David did. I was only asking a question. But David had every opportunity to allow the wounds of his brother to cause anxiety and self-doubt, believing a lie about his character. Instead, he walked boldly into battle to slay the giant. David chose to be confident in his calling. To walk in boldness that comes from the Spirit of God. Choose confidence in God's call in your life. David had every single opportunity to react to Eliab because Eliab was being an idiot. And David could have responded. But what did David do? David took the harder way out, but it was the right way out. And he went to someone else to get his answer. See, that's a boundary David put down. If you think about it, David put a hard boundary saying, I was only asking a question. If you don't want to answer it, I'm going to ask somebody else. Could you imagine Elab's embarrassment that his brother did that to him? Why though? Because he gave him the opportunity to be embarrassed. He gave him the opportunity to be embarrassed by that when he was making fun of his brother in front of the other men. But what did David do? David stood righteous because David knew the bigger task at hand. See, it's all about perspective, and that's what the healing process does. It gives you a greater perspective. Eliab was able to, was able to attack David, but David was able to pass through it. So how do we apply this to our lives? I want to read in Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need the most. So the bottom line is you need to be confident in your calling. You have to be confident in your calling. The gift of God through Jesus Christ is not only access to the throne of God, but the ability to approach him in confidence. Many times we don't, walk into the throne of the Lord and walk in with confidence. We walk in with so much embarrassment and shame that that's not what God wanted us to walk into it with. See, what's funny is a lot of times we walk into the throne of grace like God is some of the people that have wronged us. And we walk into his throne acting like he's like everybody else who's going to say something that they said. 
But the one thing about God's love and His grace and His mercy is that He is ready to hear whatever you have to say, even if for some reason you just don't genuinely deserve to be listened to. God listens. He's willing to hear you. He's willing to hear your cry. Like David, who was confident in his calling, God offers us the same confidence. The enemy can't stop you from winning the battle, but he can stop you from showing up. He cannot stop you from winning the battle God has placed in your life, but he can stop you from showing up, just like Eliab. He can use relational bullies to stop you from moving forward. Because a lot of you in here have a very strong calling on your life. I believe it. Some of you have amazing callings on your life that God wants to use you in a mighty way and you're blocked by words. You're not even blocked by something, maybe maybe a missed opportunity or maybe just somewhat you weren't fit for the position. No, no, no. You are blocked by what somebody said about it. You're blocked by, by you actually being vulnerable with that person and saying this and, and telling them about this and they're like, well, maybe you're not really fit for that. Maybe you're not that good for that. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not as good enough as you think you are. Those are word curses. Those are words that are, are death. You understand? They're not just simple words. They're not just like an observation about you. Those are death words over your calling. And David showed up to fight instead of fleeing. Because a lot of times we run away. We don't confront this issue. We don't confront the bully. We run. But God is calling us, just like David, to show up and fight. God has given you the confidence through Jesus Christ to approach his throne with boldness for anything you need. The question is, what area of life do you feel is a fight? How is God calling you to show up in confidence? If you want to see God move, don't run, show up. The biggest thing is you don't have to show up and fight that relationship because that causes division. But what you need to do is stand up. You need to stand up for yourself. You have to actually put that boundary down. And this is a tough thing to do. And this is a tough thing to say because everything in you doesn't want to ruin anything. But what you're ruining is yourself when you don't do anything. You're ruining yourself when you don't do anything. So what has to happen is that you got to be like David where it's like, I asked you a question. I wasn't trying to be prideful to see. I was trying to ask. And then you turn the other way if they don't follow it. You turn it away. We have to face that. You have to face that place. The giant will come in due time. The Lord won that battle. But right now you're against Eliab and you have to face that relational bully. A lot of people, just like I said in the beginning, a lot of people are extremely down, depressed, and lowly because of people who wounded them, especially close people. Do you want to continue or be like one of those people that are wounded? Or can you be that freedom person in healing to walk somebody else through that same thing? Because as believers, we're called to walk people through that. And right now, a lot of the times, we can't even walk with them because we're not healed in it yet. And God's calling us to be healed from it, and he's calling us to be there. Here's the application for it. Show up to the fight. 
You're supposed to show up. Running away, running away is a good permission in the beginning. God does not expect you to have full-on confidence in the beginning. But the Lord wants to graciously and gently walk you through the process of being in that confidence, in that confident place. The Lord wants you to walk into that place. Trust me, it takes a, a long time. A long time. I was a people pleaser most of my life. Most of my life. I always said yes to things and I always said yes to the things that I knew that weren't good, that I knew that weren't permittable, that weren't profitable. It was, it was not good for me, but I still did it. Why? Because I was afraid of the conflict. I was afraid of the conflict and then it bled into my personal life. It bled into my friends' lives and just, I tolerated everything. And what happens is, is that you become someone that can't stand firm, but the Lord I'm telling you, standing today, I can tell you right now that you genuinely have the opportunity to really stand firm in the fight. And I'm a person who was a people pleaser, and I overcame that. So if me as a people pleaser can overcome that, you, as someone who I know can stand firm, can handle that. Because the Lord has given you the grace and the strength. Show up to the fight and you will win. Just like David, the confidence you have in the Lord is going to get you through it. The way that you walk with the Lord is going to get you through it. Show up to the fight. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it's time to take a stand tonight. Wherever the fight is in your personal life, refuse to quit. Show up and be confident that God will supply all of your needs. Walk in your calling. Here's what we don't do. We are not by any means going to refuse to quit. You think sometimes that when you allow this person to talk to you a certain way, you allow this person to mess with you a certain way, you think you're winning. You're not. The true win comes when you have to make the tough decision to say no. It's going to take, listen, y'all, it's going to take the Spirit of God to do that. Your flesh alone cannot do that. It is a tough decision. But by the grace of God and by the Spirit of the Lord, you can really overcome that in those relational bullies. Because all the bullies we're going to be talking about for the next two weeks, three weeks, are from the enemy. You can't blame people anymore. You can't blame things anymore. You can't blame yourself anymore. Because what happens is we take the weight and then we can't overcome it. But it's the enemy. It's the enemy that does these things to us. And yes, sometimes it's our responsibility and sometimes it is people. And we got to forgive them. But sometimes it is the enemy that uses these bullies to mess with us. This is why a lot of people live in those lives. That's why the statistic is so high. Because nobody, we need to truly teach our friends that are struggling with this to walk in those relate, in fighting those relational bullies fighting those relation, those toxic relationships, having to walk through and have the conversation. 
Trust me, if you if you if you or if you would teach someone to have that conversation, two things will happen. Either that person will will realize what they've done is wrong and they will change for you because they would be that good of a friend to do it, or if they don't, you have to learn to let go and walk away. You have to learn to let go and walk away. That's a difficult process because the, the hard part is, is that when you look back, you're going to want to go back. But you got to keep walking. Just like David did. David turned away and looked for somebody else to answer the question. Because the relationships in your life are not benefiting you. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. This is how you can determine that. Do they love Jesus? I'm not just talking about in their words. Are their actions screaming Jesus? Are their values in line with what they believe? Do they really practice what they preach? And also, do they love you like Christ does? They're willing to love you in places of darkness and they're willing to challenge you in places of sin. Is that the type of friends you have? Those are the greatest friends. And guess what happens? Your your circle gets smaller because there's not a lot of people like that out there. I'm going to be honest. In 2023, there's not a lot of people out there that are like that. But you got to ask by the Spirit of the Lord, by the discernment, to find those people. To find those people. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you... If you've been struggling, it's been a hard season in relationships. God knows you've been through it. God knows that you have tried your best, maybe even tried your best to fix it, and it's not fixing. And you need to learn to let go. You need to learn to let go. If that's you, if you are someone in this room who is having a hard time letting go of someone that doesn't want to be changed, if you're also someone that hasn't had that conversation and you're scared to have that conversation with that person, if you're those two things, if you if you are having now to learn to walk away from a toxic situation or you're someone who's having a difficult time to have the conversation. You need the boldness and the confidence from the Spirit of God. I want you to raise your hand. And let me see it. This one hand. It's another one. Another one. You either can't look, it's hard to let go, or you're having issues on how to talk about it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come kneel at the altar. You're going to put it at the feet of Jesus. You're going to put it at his feet. You're going to place it in his hands. Just bow before the Lord. You're going to place it in his hands. And you're going to allow him to heal you or give you confidence. You need the grace for both. You need the grace for both. So, Lord, I just ask, Father, that you, Lord, would just give them the grace. That's all they need right now. 
It's a very difficult situation, Lord. It's a very difficult situation. This is not one by the flesh. Lord, we know we need your spirit. We need your grace for this decision. Lord, for those who who are having an issue letting go of a toxic relationship that they've tried to fix, or they're having the tough, they're having an issue having the tough conversation. Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would just heal them right now and give them the grace to do it. Give them the grace to overcome these decisions. And by your spirit, Lord, they can do it. Nothing is impossible for those who believe in the Lord. And Father, I just pray, Lord, by your spirit, Lord, that you would give them the power to do it. Lord, that they would knock these things out of the park, that they wouldn't be tormented spiritually, mentally, or emotionally anymore by these things. So, Father, we just thank you that you are working in this situation for these right here. Lord, that you are really working in the midst Lord, of all these situations, I pray, Lord, that that they would trust in you in the conversation and the letting go. Lord, both of these scenarios need grace. Both of these scenarios need your grace so that the relational bullies will stop tonight. I pray that by the Spirit of the Lord that these decisions will be definite. That you will have the power to do it. That you will have the power to truly say no. And what a struggle it has been. What a fight it has been. Because y'all are relational people. You love people. So it hurts when they leave. It hurts when they do things. But Father, I just pray that you would help them discern the right ones and grab and pick up the right ones and, and get close to the right ones. And Father, that your spirit, would, Lord, would just help them with the discernment, help them with the covering and the healing of the process, Lord, of what's going on. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we are conquering conquering those relational bullies. I pray, Lord, as we go through this series, I pray by the Spirit of the Lord that we would be able to find what is causing the root of these symptoms. Lord, even as we go through this month, Lord, even for everyone in this room, Lord, someone who who they know is dealing, Lord, with depressing thoughts, suicidal thoughts, Lord, as this month goes by to be in awareness of it, Father, I pray that we would be as Christ's followers, be the shining light Lord, that will that will walk people through those dark places, Lord, that they need to be loved. They need to be seen. They need to be heard, Lord, by the situation of what's going on in their life. Father, I just pray that you would grant this for all of us as we go through these next couple of weeks, Lord, for you to teach us how to face the bullies in our brains and everybody else's. Lord, we love you. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
and amen.